All right, welcome to another edition of White Collar Crimes, where we show you the only color that truly matters in the criminal justice system is green. I am your host, Ryan Horn. Thank you for joining us and being aboard. You know, before we had the internet, and I remember a lot when I was in college, I worked at a restaurant and I'd get home late at night, and a lot of times we didn't have cable, and uh, I remember seeing a lot of infomercials on late at night. I'm sure some of you around my age and older certainly remember those, and if you tuned in any time in the probably late 90s to early 2000s, you're probably familiar with Kevin Trudeau, the uh, health pitch man. And uh, to my knowledge, he's not related to the Canadian prime minister, but he uh, he's a familiar face if you've tuned in late at night to a lot of these uh, infomercials. You know, he was seen pitching a lot of things. He promoted a lot of books, videos, all sorts of products usually related to either health or finance and with some kind of big massive secret that he had that he didn't want anybody else to find out about. So that was his big thing. And he had many battles, you know, with the feds before finally being taken down, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But what was known about Mr. Trudeau is he grew up in Massachusetts graduated high school in 1981 and was voted most likely to succeed you know always perceived as a you know very ambitious young man going some places that kind of thing but soon after high school uh he got a job as a used car salesman so kind of ironic i guess uh but i it's i shouldn't say that it's a joke i guess so to speak because i have a good friend who is a used car salesman and i very briefly worked in that uh, job when we were residing in Florida. Tough job, actually, and I can imagine in this market right now it's gotta be even tougher with the scarcity of available vehicles and the high price of how much they've gone up in the last you know year and change. I would not wanna be in this job now, but he uh, probably had really good slick skills for a position like that because, uh, as you'll see, he was uh, quite a, a slick, uh, smooth salesman. But the money he made as a used car salesman just wasn't enough to satisfy him. So he began to get involved in various numbers of illegal schemes. So by 1990, he had gotten so good at this and gotten so deep into it, he was uh, finally convicted and racked up some convictions for writing bad checks and impersonating a physician, which I guess gave him good practice for some of his later schemes. So in 1991, this is 10 years after he's graduated high school, so he's not yet 30 years old, he pleads guilty to 11 counts of credit card fraud, and he serves two years in federal prison for this. So, you know, by the time he gets to television later, he is a convicted felon for, you know, some deceptive schemes and and practices. And after prison, He joins a multi-level MLM, as it's known, multi-level marketing firm. And I'm sure most of you are aware of what multi-level marketing is, but if there are any of you listening that are not, that is also what's referred to as a pyramid scheme oftentimes. You've heard that phrase. And the way multi-level marketing works is generally you have the big person at the top and they have salespeople underneath them. And you don't really make any money in this unless you get people underneath you working and making sales you make a portion off of them 
multi-level marketing is legal. I mean, you know, it, despite what, you know, there is a fine line between that and a pyramid scheme, although there's a lot of, you know, similarities to it. But multi-level marketing is legal, although, let's face it, you know, not many people make money in multi-level marketing businesses, except for the people at the top. You know, uh, I'm sure you know friends and people that have sold products and things like that and, you know, probably barely turned a profit or even lost money doing, you know, uh, investments like this because generally unless you get a bunch of people underneath you uh, you're not going to make a lot of money and a lot of people are very hesitant to join things like this now multi-level marketing kind of has you know a bad association with it and, and rightfully so you know like I said it is very hard to make money in this but he gets involved in a firm called nutrition for life and they did pretty well until here in my home state of Illinois, the Illinois Attorney General at the time charged them with running a pyramid scheme, which is an illegal scheme that is, you know, deceptive and it is out to, you know, basically only the guy at the top make money. And again, it is a form of multi-level marketing, but it is considered more deceptive and more illegal, so to speak. So the firm had to end up settling a bunch of civil suits with the state of Illinois and after that, other states followed, so pretty soon Nutrition for Life and Trudeau and the people associated with them had to settle out some civil suits, so they're pretty much probably went most of the profits, whatever, if any, they made. But after this, Trudeau, he began appearing in late-night infomercials, and again, in 1990s, especially if you didn't have cable, late at night, a lot of times this was your only choice of anything you had on. And, you know, I'm talking a lot of this time before everybody had a computer or internet, before we had smartphones, before we had streaming services, you know, there weren't that many ways to entertain ourselves. We're talking mid-90s here. And again, I remember I was in college at this time and we didn't have cable and, you know, I was too busy with work and, and my studies to be, you know, have time to watch too much TVs. But I do remember these being on, a variety, number of these and variety of these, which... We've got some episodes coming up on some other fraudsters that came from these as well. But then he began appearing on these commercials or these infomercials, and he promotes products that he claims could cure such ailments as baldness, obesity, memory loss, and various other addictions. And this put him on the radar of the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, and they later fined him $2 million and banned him from promoting and doing any type of publications that were not protected by the First Amendment of the Constitution. You know, protects free speech. So then in 2004, he begins promoting a book called Natural Cures They Don't Want You to Know About. You know, sounds intriguing because let's face it, we all want to find information and find things that, you know, be, have the big secret that no one else knows. And, you know, I think especially as Americans, we're naturally distrusting of authority and, and government and things and a lot of times we think there is there are things out there the information and whatnot that's out there that we don't know about we're not being told about and people want to find these things out so it was critical uh you know that he says that you find out this information that the government and big pharma and you know the healthcare industry all these things they don't want you to know about but it was criticized by a lot of his critics for not actually offering any natural cures, at least not that could be substantiated with any kind of uh, science. But nonetheless, despite this warning from the FTC, he continued to publish and promote, quote, alternative cures and publications. 
Now, of course, like I said, these were panned by the medical community, especially as being false and misleading. You know, he was uh, characterized as basically a snake oil salesman. And uh, again, one of the big criticisms that he got at that time was that he did only offered vague uh, recommendations, nothing that was backed by science. Because there are natural remedies that, you know, you can find out there on a lot of things that are backed up and confirmed by science. But, you know, not all of it is. And, you know, it's a risk for somebody to get involved maybe sometimes to take a risk to uh, try some out and find out if it's legit or not. And that's the problem that he ran into there. But over the years, he would continue not only to battle the FTC, he battled the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, which, you know, has become very much uh, involved in everyone's lives the last couple years during this uh, COVID pandemic. And, uh, he faced fines as well as a lot of bans, you know, again, you know, the FTC banned him from different, uh, type of, uh, promotions and products and things like that, that, uh, were not protected by the first amendment. And this continued until he battled both back and forth for a while, like I said, until he was finally arrested in 2010 for a contempt of court charge. And for this contempt, and that just means basically that you're holding the court in contempt, you're disobeying a court order. And for disobeying a court order that he had connected to, you know, these uh, false claims he was making, he was given 30 days in jail and he forfeited a $50,000 bond that he had posted. Now, he appealed this conviction, you know, which is his constitutional right. But in 2011, he lost the appeal and the appeals court also affirmed a previous $37 million fine that was levied against him was appropriate. And in 2013, he was held in contempt for failing to pay this $37 million fine. So again, he's violated a court order. He's been ordered to pay this fine. He hasn't paid it. So now he is being held in contempt. Now he said he was broke and couldn't pay it claimed to be just wiped out, quote-unquote, financially. But the judge also noticed that Trudeau lived a very lavish lifestyle. He owned several mansions, luxury cars, jets, you name it. You know, was truly living the high life. And again, it's odd that anybody trusted this guy to buy anything from him, considering, you know, he had previously done two years in prison for being uh, a fraudster. And I am surprised that wasn't brought out more. But, you know, like I said earlier, keep in mind, a lot of this happened in the 1990s when Internet was just becoming a thing. We didn't have social media then where we could spread information. We didn't have YouTube and, you know, email was just kind of starting to really become a thing around this time. And it it wasn't easy to transfer information like we can now. So maybe that's why it took so long for word to get out that the guy was a con artist and maybe why more trusted him. But nonetheless, uh, the judge noted he was living a very uh, expensive life as a millionaire playboy, many times millionaire, many times over. Uh, but he claimed he couldn't pay anything on his fine because he was quote wiped out financially, and this led eventually to the court seizing his assets, which, like I said, included homes, uh, planes, jets, luxury cars, luxury art. Uh, jewelry, you name it, anything that uh, the rich and powerful li- elites, you know, live with, he was living with that. So, uh, you know, hardly seemed the guy that would be, quote, financially wiped out. But nonetheless, that's what he claimed. 
Well, he finally met his judgment day, and in 2014, he was sentenced to 10 years in federal prison. And he did appeal, but the appeals court upheld this conviction, saying it was actually very appropriate considering the magnitude of his fraud. And it has been surprisingly reported that he has maintained some supporters while inside prison. And I've checked this, and it is indeed true. I had, you know, read and researched that there was there's actually a Facebook support group for him, uh, you know, that claims he's innocent and the government's only targeting him because he is, uh, you know, telling the truth about natural remedies and things like that. And, you know, he's a target of the government and big pharma and things like that. And there's 3,000 followers or more on this Facebook page, from what I could tell. Very surprising to me that, you know, he would have this kind of support out there. <laughs> but nonetheless, he does. It, it would be very hard to, to say or be very surprising to find that. It was to me. Um, but he's in prison now. But, you know, this was in 2014. And we are now in 2022. This is a 10-year sentence. So he should be getting out shortly. Uh, I don't know if, if he'll be eligible for any type of early release to a ha halfway house or anything like that. That's often the case for nonviolent offenders like him. But, you know, again, how many lives did he wreck financially? You know, uh, how many people, you know, took his advice on things that were medical that he had no business giving, you know, legally? Who knows? Uh, but we can rest assured whenever he does get out, most likely he is going to strike again and probably target uh, innocent people just like he did before. Uh, you know, as we said early on in, you know, 1991 or so, he got sentenced to two years in federal prison for credit card fraud. And immediately after he gets out, he gets into, you know, multi-level marketing and then leads to his late night uh, infomercial scams and, and on and on. So, you know, it just didn't end for him, and I, I doubt it will here. We talk about that all the time on this show, that, you know, they don't always get, quote, rehabilitated. You know, the recidivism rate is very high in for, you know, your street criminals, and it's no different with white-collar criminals. White-collar criminals oftentimes reoffend quite highly after they are released as well, and it would not surprise me to not see him on something coming up. I mean, maybe not a late-night infomercial because that's kind of, really a thing of the past but you know now that there's the internet you know with what it is now there's certainly almost no limit to what he may be able to start up when he gets out so who knows look for him to try something um you know we don't really know a whole lot about his life he had uh, did know he was married a few different times and had one wife i believe that was from russia or ukraine and i think from all accounts what i read she's possibly left the country so you know who knows what he'll do and you know she may not be with him anymore and he may have to start you know complete start up from the scratch again but uh you know again these guys don't stop offending once they get out and i would look for him to try something as well and you know this was the 90s this was part of the 90s culture i think the late night infomercial and certainly not all of them were were innocent you know you had some that were kind of cheesy and campy like you know the psychic friends network some of you might remember that one and uh you know, a few of the other ones, and, you know, there were a lot of type self-help things like that. Uh, a lot of them, I can remember some infomercials for uh, record albums, you know, best of the 80s or, you know, whatnot and things like that, and those were, you know, there was nothing that was deceptive or scam-like with these, but there were a lot of them that were, and on the next episode, we're going to talk about another one that did, Don LaPree. Some of you might remember Mr. LaPree, and we'll tell you a little bit more about his story, but he was the one that claimed you could become a 
multimillionaire posting, quote, tiny classified ads in newspapers. And we'll have his story. Pretty, a lot of similarities to Mr. Trudeau. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll take a look at that and some other fraudsters coming up. And as I always said, if you have an idea for a show, uh, please visit our Facebook page. And you can make you know suggestion. White Collar Crimes is the Facebook page. You can, you know, send me a message on the Anchor page if you have an idea for a show or if you want to be on the show. We have had listeners as guests on this show, and we would be glad to have you aboard if you want to. Uh, you can shoot me an email at uh, ryanvt at gmail.com. And uh, if you're, as I always say, if you're in need of any type of voiceover service or anything like that, uh, I do offer those services as well. And you can check out my website at ryan-horn.com. And as we always try to do, encourage you to support your local animal shelter and adopt your new best friend. Just took a last, we've had two fosters recently and uh, three actually, and they've all gotten adopted. Took the last one today, going to be going to her new home. And I was told going to be living in Florida with a professional golfer. So check out the Facebook page. Maybe we'll have some more updates or something on that uh, coming up, but we always appreciate, you know, supporting our, your local shelter because they, they need your help and, uh, you know, they're overrun and, you know, they need your help whether you volunteer or adopt your next pet there or whatever, it, it's needed. And, uh, you know, if you want to make a donation to our show, there is a section on the anchor page where you can do that. You can donate as little as a dollar a month to support our show. We always appreciate that, but as I say, most importantly, we just appreciate you tuning in and listening to our show. And we thank you for tuning in to this one. Look forward to seeing you on the next one. And as I always say, folks, uh, let's watch each other's backs. Keep an eye out on each other. There's a lot of con artists out there, a lot of scammers. And who knows when the next one's going to be out there to victimize us or someone we love. So uh, let's watch out for each other and thank you for tuning in and we will continue to try to spread the word and educate the public on this show and we thank you for being a part of that god bless take care see you next time